what is your stand? What is your position? Do you have a relationship with God? Do you believe in him? Is your name written in his book of life? This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners, saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have proven him, you my dear friends in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and it's my joy it's my privilege to be here once again doing the very thing we have been doing sharing the Word of God together trying to discover the promises of God for this world for the human population and for us in particular as individuals. One may want to ask the question, does this world even have a future? And what is my part in it? And God gives us a preview of future things to come. And a part of it is what we are reading this morning. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, Nothing that happens in this world ever shakes you. Nothing can ever happen in this world will ever interfere with your purposes and your plans for this world, for the universe that you created to serve your purposes. You have called us to be part of your plans and your purposes to to be engaged in their fulfillment. And I pray, Father, that through the continuing in this study of your, in, of your word, of your revelations, of your promises, we shall discover where we fit in, what the future holds for us and for those who are around us. We pray, Father, that you may help us to listen and to determine to go and do what you tell us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So, my friends, our reading is um, the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. And um, we are going to read from chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. It is written as follows, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people 
and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thus day, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbeliever, the, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually moral, idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Right. So that is, there, there it is. Of course, it would uh, help us if we were to read from chapter one of Revelation. But um, today we are able only to pick those few verses and, and look at what uh, they mean to us. So what is the future of this world? If there is a future at all, and if there is such a future, do I have a share in it? Do I have a part in it? We have already been saying, and we all know that the world is so full of evil that it appears that there is nothing good ever taking place. There is violence everywhere. There is crime. There is the wars and skirmishes, terrorism, corruption, death, rape, abortions. I mean, all these things and much, much more. Just think of all the trouble sports that we hear talked about in the news and all those other trouble sports that we have read about in history. Consider the general decline in discipline, in the social order. It is not too long ago when a court in this country, in Kenya, recognized or declared that um, a gay organization to be le legitimate and they can practice well their particular faith under the protection of the law this kind of thing is not news anymore in some of our uh, the so-called developed countries and one then is I mean wants to ask what, what else is coming? Can there, is there any more 
that can happen that is worse than what we are experiencing already. In one of these developed countries, school kids receive satanic books just as we or others may receive Bibles and other, and other religious materials. This is after the court in that particular country ruled that all religions are equal, including Satanism. So if children, if, 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 if people want to worship Satan, they are welcome, and the Satanic material is, is, is circulated to help uh, these worshippers to worship even better. How have these events affected you and me? How have they af affected even your state of mind? Are things ever going to get better or are they going to get worse? Now, my friends, every living person has a dream. I think that every living person engages in one form of fantasy or another. An example is, is, is in a story I, I, I had, a, um, well, when I was in school, about a servant who was employed by a farmer who was uh, doing business selling eggs. And this servant was, was hired to take eggs, the farmer's eggs, to the market every day. So, and he carried them the first day on duty. He was given a, a basket full of eggs to take to the market. And he lifted up the, 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 the basket and put it on his head. And as, as he walked towards the market, he started having his dreams of wealth and prosperity and success. So he promised himself, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work very hard for this man. See how wealthy he is because of his hard work? I'm going to work very hard for him. Then whatever money I'm paid, I'll save little by little until I have enough to buy my own chicken, right? Then I'll build a, a shed for them. And then they'll lay eggs. And I'll take them to the market. And I'll sell them and sell them and become wealthy. Then I'll sit on my feet and eat and drink. And I'll say, you know, have a good life. Enjoy life. And the man lifted up his hands as he tilted his heart backwards. What do you think happened? This basket of eggs fell down and all the eggs were broken. And the man was fired, of course. It is common for us really to dream that one day we shall be prosperous and successful and wealthy, you know, have enough money, you know, to live on and plenty to spare. And we can buy ourselves all kind of goods and luxuries that we shall marry a beautiful wife or a beautiful young man 
and travel all over the world and kind of stuff. And in fact, this, once again, in, in, in most of stories that we have read, when we were school, and even today the novels people read and the movies people see on, on the cinema are really nothing but mere fantasy. Some of the famous, most famous books are, are books like Alice in Wonderland and Cinderella and Spider-Man and James Bond and stuff like that. Many children's stories, I believe, still end with, and they lived happily ever after. That is everyone's dream, to live happily ever after. And why is this? People everywhere dream of being happy and satisfied, and they make every effort to be happy. The American Declaration of Independence, among other things, states as follows that every person has a God-given right to life, liberty, and, uh, and the pursuit of happiness. This is what is, is, is called today the American dream. And in pursuit of that dream, not just Americans, but people from other countries, you know, go to America, including Kenyans, by the way, Many Kenyans have, for instance, fled to America in search of this American dream, as which they believe is a success story for anyone who goes to America. And then, of course, and then there's a, a cartoon also I saw in my younger days, and it was called There Are No Cats in America. And this story was <laughs> about two rats uh, that, that, that um, lived at... at um, at a dump site, well, in, blue, in, in London. But the trouble is, they could never have peace in that dump site because a, there was a huge cat living there as well. And every time they, 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 the rats came to look for food, the cats would chase them. And, and there, were, there were only two remaining now. Some of their friends had already been uh, killed by the cat. And, and so they determined to go away from the dump site to a place where there are no cats. And then it just happens that uh, they heard somewhere that there are no cats in America. So they decided to migrate to America where there are no cats. And they smuggled themselves in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a ship sailing to America. And as soon as they landed, they looked for a dump site, started looking for food. And what happens? A huge cat much larger than the one in London, came chasing after them, and they had to run for their lives. So, are there rats in America? After all, yes, that is what they discovered. There are cults in America, after all. Now, my friends, many people, have, as I've just mentioned, have migrated to either America or the Middle East, looking for employment. Some, some of our young girls have gone to the Middle East to work uh, in, in, in families as, 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 as housekeepers and stuff like that. Unfortunately, story, the story is many of them are terribly treated there. 
they are sorted, they are insulted, and, and, and many of them have come back to Kenya in coffins. From America as well, many Kenyans who went there to in chasing after the American dreams, I mean, are said to be, to have nothing. Living in the streets as beggars, no, no jobs, no money, even to come home. So they become beggars living in the streets. But still the dream goes on. There are no cuts in America. Let's come down to reality, my friends. The reality is that everyone, whether they're in America or in other developed countries or in a third world country or developing country, most people are dissatisfied and unhappy about one thing or another. The poor dream that one day they will become rich. The rich, after they have become poor, discover that money is not, money is not everything. In fact, money cannot bear, buy everything. Money cannot buy happiness or contentment. Their money cannot buy them peace of mind. It cannot buy good health or sleep. Most of them live in fear of being robbed. So what they thought was a dream come true turns out to be an illusion, a curse in fact. And yet, the Bible tells us there is hope, there's a future. Now our title is rather curious, as you might have seen. It's called God's Shangri-La. So Shangri-La, on the other hand, we, we, we shall come to its definition just now. Shangri-La, on the other hand, is a fictional place described in a novel called Lost Horizon by a British author by the name of James Hilton. Now, Hilton describes Shangri-La as a mystical land situated somewhere in the, in, in the Tibet mountains um, uh, of China, uh, you know, uh, an extension of the Himalayas, Himalayas, where everything is perfect. Everything in, in, in Shangri-La is in perfect order. Everything is peaceful, it is orderly, it is beautiful. There is no war, no disease, no fear of anything. There is no evil whatsoever. People there live long lives and everyone is ever happy. Note, I just said that Shangri-La is a fictional and mystical place. My friends, happiness and satisfaction here on earth. The dream, let me say, the dream of, of for happiness and satisfaction here on earth can only be fictional, mystical, and even temporary, an illusion. Laughter and tears go together. Birth and death 
our twin brothers, sickness and health, our buddies, goodness, good and evil, our bedfellows, peace and war, our twin brothers. This is the situation, my friends, that Sol King Solomon describes in his book, in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, life without God is meaningless, 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 a mere chasing after the wind. Now in our reading today, it's from the book of Revelation. And the Revelation seeks to reveal to us who are interested or who care what is the future of this planet. What is our future if we have part in God? In this book, God promises that, in fact, there is in existence a, a, a Shangri-La. The Shangri-La is, is real. A place where all people and all things are all bright and beautiful and perfect. A place where people do not grow old or die. A place where there is no racial distinction or gender distinction. It is a place, it is, this is a real place, not fictional, not mystical. Heaven, my friends, is real. And it's not a dream. It is not fiction. But the place is only, heaven is only prepared for those who believe in God. And God himself, we are told, will live in the midst of the people just as it was uh, in the Garden of Eden before, before Adam's sin. Now, so in, the, in, the, in, this, in the book of Ecclesiastes, says in chapter 3, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, um, uh, 9 to 10, he says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Us who believe that is. Those who believe in God. The point here is, God has revealed his plans and purposes concerning the past, the present, and the future. But we are just too thick to understand God's plans and purposes. So this book of Revelation is here to teach us to learn, even as we, 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 we live from day to day, to have an eye and an ear towards the future. So in, the, in our reading, we are, we are told that the present world as it is, the present world and the heavens that we know will, in God's own uh, time, be done away with. They will be destroyed and a new heaven and a new earth will be created. It is, mind you, a new heaven and a new earth. So it is then that the, the God, God's promises 
every one of them from the book of Genesis to the last book on, uh, I mean, in the Bible will be fulfilled. The promise that he made um, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Jesus says in, in Luke chapter 23 to the, um, to the, to the, to the one of the two criminals who believe in him, Jesus promised, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise, that is what God has prepared for those who believe in him through his son, Jesus Christ. That is, we are calling, that is what we are calling God's Shangri-La. Amen? So God says that he's going, he's going to make all things new. The Bible teaches how the earth came into being from the book of Genesis. In the Revelation, God reviews how the old created order, including the, 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 the heavens, the planets above, and the earth below, will be destroyed and replaced by um, a new heaven and a new earth, as I've already stated. Now, Revelation 20 and 21, that is um, uh, part of which we have read, reveal that there is an axis of evil that is responsible for all evils from the beginning to the end, and therefore this axis of evil is excluded from God's heaven, from God's paradise. Because they are the authors of, of, of every and promoters of all evil. Then the, the, the first thing that you see absent in heaven is a human government or a political authority. Now, uh, a certain philosopher by the name of Thomas Hobbes said that without government, our lives would be nasty, poor, solitary, brutish, and short. And, and, and so to avoid this situation, this calamity, we should surrender our rights to the government in order to enjoy the benefits of its protection. Yet, my friends, have you ever heard of, in history or in the present time, have you ever heard of any, anywhere on earth where people are happy with their governments? I have not, and I have lived a good many years. And, I'm a, I'm a, and, and I like reading history. You will never hear of a time or a place here on earth where people are full of praise for their government. So Hobbes is wrong. The second thing that is so there is no human government in heaven. Number two, there is no human religion. There is no religion there. There is no temple in heaven. God is a temple. My friends, the sad history of the church is that the church has never been what it is supposed to be. It is called the church of Jesus Christ, but it is so unlike Jesus that sometimes in, back in history and even today it has been and it is often undistinguishable. It is just like any other human institution. Whatever happens in the world happens within the body of Christ. And so there will be no 
heaven. There is no religion, human religion in heaven. And of course, there will, Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire. This happens in, chap, in chapter 20. It's described in chapter 20. So there will be no uh, Satan and his followers will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is what I'm calling the axis of evil, the others and the promoters of all that is evil. My friends, Jesus died so that those who believe in him will live with him as it was at the beginning. The question I want to ask you on the, I mean, on the basis of what we have just said, the future that God is planning for those who believe in his son, Jesus Christ, in view of what God has planned for the world, this total destruction, what is your stand? What is your position? Do you have a relationship with God? Do you believe in him? Is your name written in his book of life? The Bible, my friends, the Bible that we preach is God's letter to you and to the whole world. In this book, God is saying, I love you dearly and I have a wonderful plan for your life. And if you believe in God through his son, Jesus Christ, you will be born again. Your sins will be forgiven. And you'll be adopted as God's child. And to God's children, Jesus said, I am going there ahead of you to prepare a place for you. And when it is ready, I'm coming back for you. And I take you that where I am, you may be also. That is God's plan and purpose for this world. But what about the evil world? All those who do, do evil, let it, be, uh, 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 let it be emphasized, will be thrown without mercy into the lake of fire, where they will suffer forever and evermore. And so there are rewards and punishment awaiting us, depending on our choices now. Now, somebody said that, you know, Choices have consequences. The choices we make now when you are alive have consequences. Either rewards or blessings, whether heaven or hell, whether everlasting joy and peace or everlasting trouble and pain forever and ever. The choice is yours, my friend. But let me encourage you, choose Jesus. Choose Jesus now. Invite him into your life. Admit to him that you have sinned and you fall short of his glory. And he'll forgive you of all his sins, of all your sins, and cleanse you from every unrighteousness. Are you willing to do that right now? Jesus is waiting for you, my friend. Shall we pray? Father, you are so wonderful so gracious even after we have rebelled against you and hated you and done evil deliberately even knowing it is evil you still love us and you have made wonderful plans for our future help us now lord to make decisions that will give us a part in the future that you have planned for those who believe in you 
And I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him, He takes away our sins.